0: Before we dive into the episode, I want to give you a quick heads up regarding a free webinar that we are providing from the Effective Statisticians. It's Gary and myself. The webinar happens on May 11th at 4 pm European Central Time, which is 10 o'clock on the East Coast and 7 o'clock on the West Coast in the US. This webinar will be around the topic of convincing your business partners, influencing your business partners. Lots of statisticians are really logical thinkers and we love to be logical thinkers. We have all the facts and all the right data to support our claims and our proposals to have better design approaches, to have better methods, to have better analysis, all these kind of different things. However, being right is often not good enough. It's just not sufficient. So to help you convince your business partners beyond all the logical facts, all the logical thinking and argumentation around that, we have created this webinar. So sign up, On the Effective Statistician homepage, theeffectivestatisticiancom slash join the free webinar. It's not enough to be right. And there you will find all the details. So just head over to theeffectivestatistician.com and join for this webinar. I'm absolutely sure it will help you to understand how you can persuade your business partners to do the right things beyond just the logical facts. And now, let's get to the episode. You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, a weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske, designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about ITIT. And if you don't know what that means, keep on listening, especially if you're earlier in your career, or if you have people that you know that are earlier in their career, and that really would benefit from getting a bit of a broader overview of their career. So stay tuned. And here's the music. This smartphone is broadcasted through the browser, it's broadcasted through YouTube, through Spotify, through all the different smartphone apps that are there to help you listen to podcasts. So if you're listening to it only through your browser, this may be an easier way for you to listen to this podcast. We also have a LinkedIn group associated with the podcast, the Effective Statistician LinkedIn group. I'm sharing quite regularly additional content there. So just join into the group. There you will find other members that also listen to the podcast. So I hope we build more and more community in there and you will get additional learnings and connections. The podcast is produced in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the 200 video on demand content, free registration to all PSI webinars and much, much more. I usually don't speak about numbers and and dollars and things like that, but I need to tell you It's just 20 pounds for non high income countries and just 95 pounds for high income countries. So visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Statistician, and today we are talking about the ITIT IT course, and if you don't know what that is, we'll get into that in a minute. I have two guests with here, me today here, so there's Alex uh, Godwood and Gabriel Glencross. Hi, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Yeah, How are you? Very good. So let's start with a little bit of a short introduction. So, Alex, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your career up to now and what your involvement with the ITIT program is.
1: Sure. Yeah. So I'm currently the um, chairperson of the PSI ITIT committee and have been for about uh, I think it's about the three years now. Uh, I've been involved in the committee for um, over ten years. In terms of my career, I currently work at uh, Sose Heptares, which is a biopharmaceutical company working in the design and early development of uh, GPCR-targeted uh, drugs. I'm the director of statistics there, working in translational and early development. Okay, very good. And
0: Gabriel?
2: Hi, uh, yeah. I'm a, a programmer at Amgen in the Uxbridge office in the UK. Um, and I, I've been Amgen for about three years. I joined as a uh, study programmer and now I'm more sort of involved in the programming support side of things. So I kind of developed SAS macros and other utilities that improve the efficiency of the study programming um, within Amgen. And prior to that, I studied maths and statistics at uni. So I felt like the PSI ITI T course was a bit of both of what I'm interested in. Um, And I attended in
0: 2017, 2018. Okay, very good. So you're a recent attendee. So that's great to have today both sides of the coin, so to say, the teachers and the, the student. And so let's, you know, for the listener who is not familiar with what ITIT stands for, Alex, can you give a little bit of an intro in terms of what it stands for and uh, what it entails?
1: Yes. So ITIT stands for Introduction to the Industry Trading Course. As it sounds, it, it gives delegates a taste of life across the pharmaceutical industry, uh, starting from you know, drug discovery and continuing to Marketing. It also shows uh, life in a pharmaceutical company as well as in CROs. The way it's structured is that it's split into six different sessions, where each session covers a particular aspect of drug development. Each of those sessions is held at a different company, so you get a perspective from six different companies across the course. Each session is about is, is two days long. Over the year, you travel around to these different companies with the same group of about twenty five people learning about
0: drug development. So it's It's about, you know, it starts, when does it approximately usually start? Uh, It starts in October. And then it ends. Uh, So it runs like
1: an academic year. Yeah, so it finishes in July.
0: And so six two-day sessions, and these are all live sessions where it's it's live presence at the different uh, locations.
1: That's right. It's all live. Yeah. So it's all everyone is uh, traveling to the companies, and the presentations are given by uh, experts
0: from from those companies that are running the course. Wow. So how many alumni do you have from the course?
1: Well, uh, the the course has been running for about 30 years now so uh there's been the odd year where it hasn't run but i'd guess that overall we've had about 700 statisticians and programmers
0: uh who have attended the course wow that's that's a really really big amount of of people so when you design the course what's your you know perfect for? participants your ideal participants that you had in mind
1: this is really people who are new to life as either statistician programmer data scientist but someone that's interested in connecting with other people at similar stage of their career and who are very curious about finding out about the industry having said that they're new to their career that doesn't necessarily mean That they're straight out of university we have lots of people who attend a course who had a career change and moved into this sort of field so we get quite a diverse range of delegates in terms of you know their location their background and the type of work they're involved in
0: so if i am with the industry for let's say three years is that then then i'm already too experienced for the program or you know what would you consider to be a threshold when you probably don't benefit anymore from the program?
1: Yeah, we t- we tend to say that it's best if they've had sort of one to three years. The the, the lower limit of one, uh, we suggest just so that they've got some familiarity with what goes on. But th- it's not a strict requirement, but th- that's the general
0: guidance we give. Okay, very good. So, Gabriel, how did you learn about the ITIT course?
2: So, I joined my company in September of 2016, and I think it was within a week that one of the senior managers in programming mentioned it to me. So he'd been on the course back in the day with a few other programming colleagues. And a few of the statisticians in our team has, had been had attended as well. And they'd all kind of recommended, you know, you, it's, you're new to the industry. This, this would be a great experience for you to to go on um, in like a year's time when you've had like a year's experience in the industry and actually one of the one of our stats colleagues was in or was on the ICIT committee um, and she mentioned that 2017-2018 t- would be the first year that the course included a session outside of the UK so this is quite a new thing I think um, for ITIT so our session on um, HTAs uh, was at the AstraZeneca office in Gothenburg in Sweden so so that was a really good experience so I think in over the last couple of years. There's been more of a shift towards making the course accessible to programmers and statisticians in mainland Europe as well, like countries like Switzerland or Germany, who don't necessarily get to interact with um, people in the UK all that much. Um, There's been more of a shift towards that as well recently.
0: What was your main reason for attending? Just kind of the recommendation or did you have any kind of first personal expectations?
2: Well, I think all of the colleagues i would spoken to said it was a really good course to go on. And I was keen to gain like a wider understanding of all aspects of the industry which I was fairly new to I'd kind of been a a study programmer at the time for about a year and I didn't really know too much about how programming uh, fit into the big picture and even the course was like geared towards statistics I wasn't too worried because you kind of even though you're a programmer whether you're a programmer or statistician you do learn about a wide variety of aspects in the industry like Alex said so drug development, toxicology, clinical trials, marketing, all sorts of things.
0: Was there specific things that you remember most from the programs that helped you specifically already with your day-to-day job?
2: Um, yeah, one of the sessions was on was on clinical trials at Roche, and that kind of was very beneficial because it kind of reinforced my understanding of the role that programming plays as a whole in the life cycle of a clinical trial and especially how programming sort of interacts with various members of a clinical study team so biostatistics data management so i'd kind of been attending my my products or or like my studies um cst meetings for a while but i wasn't too sure what all the other functions who all the other people were what they kind of what perspectives they brought to the well like what expertise they brought to the um the CST so that was kind of really good to kind of get talks from from people from representatives in operations and science and study management and all sorts of other teams on the CST and they sort of talked about what expertise they bring to the
0: to that to the study and also there was mm-hmm. so clinical just CSD stands for clinical study team, I would suppose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And also there were sort of some talks on
2: uh, data management as well. So we, in programming, we worked quite closely with data management. So it was good to get um, reinforced knowledge of the relationship that they have with biostats and programming, how they go about designing the CRF and the database and and edit and all sorts. So you kind of get a greater awareness of the whole process required to bring a drug to market.
0: Yeah. And see, the, also there's slight differences across the industry in terms of how these functions are spef- specifically called and maybe the interfaces vary a little bit from company to company. Overall, there's a lot of similarities between the different uh, companies just by the different requirements, by the different the different uh, trainings, that the education that the people have, and just by the need of the overall clinical development program.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, that's driven by the regulatory leads. So that by just that design, there's a lot of similarity. And so if you learn it from one company, it will usually apply very well to your own company as well. But it's also good to see what are a little bit maybe the slight differences, and you see that maybe you know the naming conventions is a little bit different, and that helps you to get a you know better overall understanding of of your job. Is that is that true?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because the the course has sort of twenty five people on on it, twenty five delegates, and they all come from varying backgrounds. So you have people from different companies, um, not just pharmaceutical companies, but obviously. CROs as well, and you have programmers and statisticians. I think you get a lot of um, variation in terms of the naming conventions of things. So some teams call it, some companies call it a clinical study team, others call it a well, it has different name, different names um, for the same thing. But you sort of do get a, a wide range of um, expertise across the across the um,
0: people on the course. Okay, very good. So in terms of the course program. Content, what does that overall entails, Alex yeah, so we,
1: we tried to cover the sort of chronology of drug development process, so uh, we start with drug discovery um, in that session. Uh, the chemists and biologists uh, tell us a little bit about what they do, and uh, you also learn a bit about uh, what the role of uh, statistician is in uh, preclinical as well and, and that they have workshops in uh, sort of designing in vivo studies um and, and as well as tours of the lab the second session goes through toxicology and again uh, this is uh quite an insight for most people who go on the course because they get to view the animal labs and uh, it's often a, an area that most people are, are very unfamiliar with after that we go to see the cro side of it so we're moving more into clinical development now and we find out about what life is like in a cro particularly from a data management perspective and part of that uh, they usually do an exercise in doing a bid defense meeting and so usually people at this stage of their career that haven't necessarily been involved in many of those that's quite a, a, an
0: interesting experience for them uh, good trade next so it's not just lecture it's really kind of more also interactive style that's right. Yeah. I mean, the,
1: the delegates certainly get the most out of it when it is interactive. That's the bits that they enjoy the most. And so uh, it's not possible to do that for everything, but uh, we're trying to include as much interactivity as possible. Cool. And then? Then we go to clinical trials. And so this is the session that most people are usually familiar with. Most of the people that come on the course are working in clinical trials. And so, I mean, although some of it's familiar to them, we also try and give them insights into clinical trials that they're not necessarily that familiar with um, certainly sort of new developments in clinical trials, uh, you know, different aspects that they, they, they might not uh, fully know about. But it also gives them an opportunity during this session to show what they do know and to be very interactive and uh, ask good questions. After that, we go through um, the health technology assessment and uh, also sometimes that includes uh, PROs as well. And then the last session is in uh, marketing. So, again, this is often an area that people aren't very familiar with. And that's usually quite lively as they get involved in uh, uh, sort of designing marketing schemes for for new medicines. Cool.
0: Very, very nice. If you look into this content from the current program, how does that look different from the programs that you have been looking at when you first got involved in ITIT?
1: Yeah so the the key ingredients really have stayed much the same throughout so the the course is fairly simple in structure it's fairly classical and so there's no really need to change something that's working well but the, the thing that you notice that changes every year is is that the science and um, is evolving the companies are changing and so the presentations get updated and so there's no two years that are the same. And if one delegate was to go on the course every five years, they'd be learning new stuff each time they they go. So I'd say it's really the content that's changed. Uh, uh, Gabrielle pointed out earlier that there has been a, a recent change in the location of the courses. So we've moved to incorporate host companies from Europe. This is sort of part of the wider PSI objective. And uh, so we get delegates on the course from continental Europe, and we have been for, for many years, but for the last three years there have also been sessions in Europe. And for the next few years, we're planning to have two to three sessions um, out of the six in Europe each year.
0: Awesome. As you mentioned, the goals of PSI host the ITIT program, Fitting into these goals and objectives.
1: Yeah, I think for a long time PSI has been committed to developing the sort of next generation of statisticians, quantitative scientists, programmers, and so on. PSI runs uh, new starters sessions at the conference, and, and as well as other training courses. So this is all part of the uh, PSI's commitment. To okay, that.
0: very good. So now a question, probably to both of you, but maybe Gabriel, you can can start. What do you think was the primary reason for your supervisor to approve your training there because it's quite a time commitment and also a financial commitment which we will go a little bit uh, deeper later, but why was your manager convinced to send you on the program?
2: I think from my manager's perspective, it was going to be a great opportunity for me to develop um, personally in terms of getting the chance to find out so much about the industry over the course of a year. You, You sort of get the chance to work with similar colleagues across the industry. And like Alex said, you have these um, interactive sessions that you can sort of build confidence from. So different workshops on a CRO bidding process, marketing for a new uh, drug. If you're someone who's kind of not, if you're from a company who's never really sent someone to to ITIT before, it's a really good opportunity. If you kind of work for a CRO, you get the chance to see what it's like working for a client, so like the pharmaceutical company, and vice versa. If you work for a pharmaceutical company, you get an insight into perspective perspective of a cro into the perspective of, into the perspective of a cro and generally you kind of get a complete overview of the industry and it's it's just a really good experience yeah and
0: to takes off the training burden from the supervisor and it's you get a really high quality training organized by by psi for a very reasonable price so i think that's another uh, big benefit Alex, if you would send someone uh, to a program um, from your team, what would be is the primary reason for you?
1: Echo okay, what Gabrielle said. I think uh, it does help the delegates build their confidence because they are within a group of, uh, you know, like-minded people. So I think all of the interactive sessions, uh, helps highlight, you know, all the things that they know already and helps them give that confidence to speak out and, uh, in, in group sessions. So I think that's really important, but, uh, but also that because they see so many different aspects of the industry, I think that gives them then an opportunity both to see what they can add now, and then also allow them to think about as their career develops other areas that they might be interested in working in. From what, I, I didn't attend the course, but you know, throughout my career, I've started off in clinical development. Now I'm doing quite a lot of preclinical work. And, and certainly some of the things that I've seen from this course have, have sort of given me the insight before I started this work into what life might be like as a preclinical statistician. So, you know, I think there's a lot of that just uh, opening their eyes to whole industry
0: i think that is a key benefit for your overall career development and also from the sponsoring company that sends you on this program that you can learn which area is the area where you can contribute most where your skills are best suited and where your passion sits And I think the other benefit is that Gabriel highlighted very, very good is that you see how others work in this industry. So how can you best work, for example, with a sponsor or with a CRO or with the colleague from another function? What is their, what are their expectations? What is, how is my work fitting into the bigger picture? I think this is really, really motivating if you can see, okay, because I'm doing this here that has downstream effects on these other functions and ultimately leads to the approval of a new product or the reimbursement of a new product.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think you often see that the delegates asking questions of the scientist or the biologist or something that they would probably never get the opportunity to in their day-to-day work and so you can ask fairly simple questions and that that have been you know interesting you uh, that you wouldn't otherwise get the chance to
0: yeah let's switch a little bit to another topic here alex you have now worked for 13 years in this program and that's a lot of involvement with within psi what makes you so passionate about psi itself
1: yeah um i have to say you particularly my role now i work um I'm the only statistician in the company that I work in. So being involved in PSI allows me to meet other statisticians, see the other work that's going on, which is fantastic because it gives me the opportunity just to hear about what other people are up to, get new ideas and and keep up to date myself. And I guess an opportunity to talk statistics with people um, in a way that I don't really get to do in my day to day work
0: uh what has been your biggest fun event for 2019 from a psi perspective specific meeting or
1: yeah i guess so uh i mean uh, the 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 last session that we have of each year at the ITIT course we the, the full committee comes to the to the last session so that's uh, we're a committee of eight people and we all stay for the full two days um in the evening we have as it's the last time that everybody's together uh we have a, a um, you know, social event. Often we have a sort of murder mystery event the last night, so th- that's always fun. It's, it's always good to see the committee again, and we talk through and we make.
0: So, so you had a mur- murder mystery uh, sessions this year as well.
1: We did, yeah. We've done that every year for the last few years. Sometimes we do it where um, we all participate ourselves. So the last few years we've done it where we've got uh, a group of actors in to uh, do the murder mystery. And so we're more involved in uh, the questioning of the actors and trying to work out who did it.
0: Ah, oh, that's cool.
2: I think the entertainment evening that I enjoyed the most was the casino night at the toxicology session. So I a couple of months before I'd been to Las Vegas and in one evening in Harrogate, at Covance at the uh, casino night, I, I gambled more than I did in three days in Las Vegas. So it was, a, it was a lot of fun. You kind of every every single session has an entertainment evening um, on the first night, um, and it ranges from bowling to murder mystery to um, casino night to a meal out, that sort of thing. So you get the chance to sort of network socially with people as well as um, professionally.
0: Yeah. And I think this network is hugely important. I have completely underestimated that myself for the first years and in my career. And only when I invested more time, I also invested more time uh, working on PSI. I learned a lot about other companies. I got a lot of information. Across the industry, from there, got a lot of inspiration there and also some friendships really developed. And I think that's a really, really nice thing. And um, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. So I guess because you're seeing the same 25 people six times, um, you definitely build up a good network with them it tends to be that you sort of stay in touch with them. So a couple of months after our course finished, we had a reunion where a a bunch of us met up in Cambridge. And then you sort of see people again at conferences like the PSI annual conference and the Fuse annual conference where you sort of met up with people there. So you definitely build a network of industry contacts across different companies and different CROs. That's so really good. Yeah, and really good more and more over
0: time, since these events feel like class reunions, <laughs> 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 because yeah. you you see a lot of good friends uh, again and again and again. Seeing a lot of good friends and again and again. Speaking about these things, for the next years, you want to go off outside of the UK as well. What nice cities are you looking to explore then?
1: Yeah, so this does change a bit from year to year. As Gabrielle said, we went, we've been to Gothenburg recently, uh, we've been to Basel, Berlin. So we've had uh, PPD in Berlin recently and we're going to go to Bayer in Berlin as well. And we're going to go to uh, Böhring Ingelheim in Germany. Um, next year. In England
0: or in Biberach? Biberach. Oh, yeah. Biberach. Okay. Oh, what, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well,
1: maybe some of your colleagues then. Um, that's going to be for the toxicology session next year. We're always looking for new host companies. So if there's anybody listening to this that uh, would like to host a session, yeah, please get in
0: contact with us. Okay. Okay. Well, if you're speaking about the host companies, what would you say are the biggest benefits of the host companies?
1: Yeah, well, there are many reasons why host companies take part in this. I often ask them why, why they do it. You know, it's often a reason just that they want to give something back. They've benefited from this course or similar courses in the past and they, they want to uh, give something back. Other times it's that they want to show off their expertise. And so, you know, it's a, a way of highlighting um, the nice environment they work in, um, and the, the quality of the science that they're doing. Yeah. Many different reasons, really. It's often organized by a statistician within the host company, but then they gather scientists or experts, marketeers, whatever it is from that company. And, uh, th- those people are, are normally very happy to, to help out. And they often say that they think it's a great course and they wish that they, there was a course similar for, for, for whatever function it is they work in.
0: Yeah, I can see that. It's, I think that also drives the success of this program. It's the variety of the different experts that speak about their field. And of course, speaking about your own fields, you can have a lot of passion and enthusiasm bringing to the program. I think that's one of the key success uh, factors of the program. Is there anything else you would think about that drives the success of this program?
2: I think just I would point out the committee is very hard, work, hard working and dedicated to improving the um, course. So, kind of at the at the end of each, the committee, I guess, ask the delegates for ideas on what's working well and what could be improved, so that the course kind of can improve year on year. And as Alex said, the speakers always very are always very knowledgeable, and they encourage good discussions on a range of interesting topics. And delegates generally learn so much, not just through listening to presentations, but through some of the active learning as well. So the different workshops and um, the tools of the preclinical animal labs it kind of it kind of gives you a, a hands-on insight into different aspects of the industry okay
0: very good <laughs> alex i wanted to ask alex
1: yeah well um i think as gabriel said from how he heard out about the course he, he, the course is uh, p- people apply for the course because of word of mouth they often do it because they know other people that have been on the course and highly recommend it and and so really it's just a success Driven by that word of mouth. There's always new delegates wanting to come on the course and uh, their enthusiasm for being on the course and wanting to take part. So I think that's what makes it a success.
2: And you get a range of people from across the industry. So it doesn't matter whether you're a statistician or a programmer, whether you're from a big pharma company or a CRO, whether you're from um, the UK or mainland Europe, everyone's kind of got a different perspective. And I think that's what makes the course so productive and it kind of uh, encourages effective knowledge sharing in each session and generally you kind of see that a lot of work goes into helping patients programming and statistics is a small but
0: crucial part of quite a massive process and you sort of find that out awesome very good so two questions at the end so for the host companies if they wanna if one of the listeners wanna host such a session such a two-day session at um, at their location in the future Where should they go to?
1: They can contact me directly. So my uh, email address is on the application form, which is on uh, the PSI website, Um, or they could contact MCI. That would be fine as well. But yeah, if they get in contact, then um, we'd be very happy to hear from them.
0: Okay, we'll add the contact emails and uh, contract references also to the show notes. And in terms of the uh, delegates, when does the course run and when should they apply for it? And how many can actually apply?
1: Yeah, so uh, the course runs from October to July. The application form is available from the start of the year to the end of June. So the deadline is the end of June for getting in all of the applications. And that can be found on the PSI website. Sorry, what was the final question?
0: And the other thing was, is there any cap? Is there a limit in terms of uh, attendees?
1: Yeah, so we, we usually have 25 attendees so for the last few years we've had approximately twenty five people apply, so that's worked out fine. If we do get more, then there is a selection process which is described on the on the ap- application form.
0: Okay. Okay. In terms of costs, how much is the cost at approximately?
1: So the the course fee is £1,050 for members. If they're a non-member, then it's 1145 but that includes a year's uh, annual membership to PSI as well. So that course fee covers the accommodation for one night, two lunches during the session, and an evening meal. So uh, in addition to that, the, the delegate will have to pay for their travel to the session.
0: So it includes for each of the six sessions already the accommodation?
1: Yes, that's right. Yep.
0: Wow, that's a really, really nice price. So, so the only additional thing is then travel, which of course varies from uh, person to, to person. Yeah. Okay, so that is so you get six times two days, so twelve days of full training, including accommodation for just over one thousand. That's uh, very, very good good deal and um, especially if you're thinking from if you want to run that within your own company that would probably be even more expensive because you would just need just paying all the different people for their time and their, their uh, pre work that's already quite a, quite a lot of work so very good so we have heard a lot about uh, a lot of the benefits. Of of this program, that you get a lot of networking experience, you get a good overview of the overall industry from the very early starts in the clinical in the overall development process in the preclinical up to the marketing phase. You learn about the different perspectives: being a sponsor, being the CRO. So you uh, learn about the other side of the desk, so to say. You learn about the different functions that are involved in there and you learn that through experts from the different companies who will present about their own topic naturally with lots of passion. So that was a really, really nice overview uh, across the IT course. And if you are a supervisor that has someone in your team that is about one to three years into the industry, please consider to send him to this program. If you're yourself in that position, have a chat with your supervisor about it and find out more about the program on the PSI homepage at uh, psiweb.org. We'll also put the links to these things in the show notes. Any final say from uh Hugo's... Alex Gabriel.
1: Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, we hope you're interested in the course and uh, keen to apply.
0: Yep,
2: thanks for listening. Hope you are keen to apply. Hope you're inspired to find out more and just
0: go to the website, really. Thanks so much. Okay, have a nice day and talk to you next week. This show was created in association with PSI. Pretty obvious this time because we talk about PSI activities a lot in here. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background, and thank you for listening. Please visit theeffectivestatistician.com to find all the links, the show notes, and learn more about our podcast to boost your career as a statistician in the health sector. And please tell your colleagues about this podcast, because that way this podcast will help more people to boost their career. And I'm really, really dedicated about us statisticians being more effective, being more influential in the area because I strongly believe that we need to step up, we need to be better at what we do so that overall there's better data for decision making within our industry, within the companies, but also in the end for the patients and for also physicians to make the right decisions. So tell your colleagues about it, that would be awesome. As always, I'm ending with reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.